another evening episode of It's Almost the Weekend. I really like the evening episodes. Do you? Yeah, I like them. They're, they're a lot more chill. Yeah. Um, and for the dear listener, that's when we record in the evening, not when you listen in the evening. That would be weird if we could foresee when you listen to this. That would be really cool. I don't think there's any stats on like time of day listening, or maybe there is. I, I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. But mm. yeah. What if no one actually listens to this before the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think the as far as listens go, it's sort of like spread out over the week. And so <laughs> our intention of like having a easy into the weekend, easy listening, two pals chatting vibe <laughs> is just ruined for all, like it's it's missed upon most folks. 90% of folks that listen. Oh my god. I was speaking to a buddy the other day. And um, he'll occasionally listen to the podcast, but whenever he lets me know, he always gets the name wrong. So he's like, oh, dude, I was checking out The Weekend is Nigh the other day. Oh, that's good. That's better. What the hell? The Weekend is Nigh? Okay. I've been thinking about this for a while and thinking maybe we should like, maybe that's what we do when we get to episode 100 is we restart the podcast. We rebrand. Yeah. Yeah. We we make a new one and it's like a whole new thing. (laughs) Yeah, um, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Yeah, yeah. But I've been thinking about that. Like, we've learned a lot in 65 episodes. That's and, true. you know, going at it fresh, I feel like there's several things I would want to try new, you know? Mm. Ooh la la. Yeah, it's like that new Pokemon save. You want to restart Pokemon because it just feels so good for some reason. Yeah, it's like that fear and hunger save. Oh, <laughs> where you've got the, safe, the safety of the save, you know? It's like the, the podcast is always there. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Oh, God. it's I can't wait to talk about that game. It's still weeks away. <laughs> like, I know. It's weeks away. It. I haven't finished it yet, dude. I'm still... Oh. I thought I would finish it soon, but I booted it up the other day and I was so lost. And by the time I found where I was supposed to go, I was like... This is another hour and a half. I probably should just restart my save and and just go straight there because I've just been wandering around, you know. Yeah, it's um, I no, you know what? I can. We're gonna put a pin in that because I was about to launch. I <laughs> like my little tingly tongue was in yeah, launch yeah. mode. We need yep. to nip that in the bud. All right. <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> my preamble document I haven't touched since I started writing it when I first played the game. And it's really? too long. Yeah, okay. It's too long, Darian. It's massive. Maybe, maybe you can break it up and those can be our talking points. Because yeah. um, I feel like you do a really good job of, like, covering, like, the game It's in, in its, like, entirety right. in your spiel. So we could, like, break it up into sections and, and have that as, like, a, a formulaic dealio. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably good. I think that might be... There might be a way to do that with just the way that I've structured it. But yeah, we'll mm. see. We'll see. Mm. Anyway, dude, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I'm done for the week, man. I'm like free and easy. I've got the long weekend ahead of me. Got my dad's mm. birthday in the long weekend. Mm. Um, and then I've got a few days of work and then I'm back uh, at my shit and I'm going to Dark Mofo. Oh, fuck yeah. And I've never been and I'm so excited and I, I mostly am like looking forward to all the crazy food that we're going to eat. Yeah. The the winter feast or whatever it's called. Yeah. That's sick. I've never been to a feast. It's fuck. This is like, you know, 
This is like, oh, I've never been to an orgy and then you go to yeah. like eyes wide shut. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never done hallucinogens. Jump straight into LSD. Yeah. <laughs> seems to be the way I like to do things unintentionally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm pumped for that. I'm mostly just waiting it out, to be honest. I feel like mm. I need a I need a holiday. Um, yeah, getting pretty short on the old energy these days. So, um, yeah ready to go away and just not not consider the fact that animation is something i do for a while <laughs> yeah great it sounds like your um your voice has recovered from uh the mega scream from last week yeah yeah but mega scream is a, an echo in my past at this point <laughs> um yeah yeah and and it's weird oh, sorry the dog is barking um it's weird the Ever since the mega scream, I've been way more at peace. On the <laughs> maybe it's almost maybe like it had built you... up over my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you needed the mega scream. Yeah. Maybe we were too quick to judge the mega scream. I was judging myself extremely harshly upon the mega scream. Um, <laughs> I, I think was Dom's housemate the one who's like doing psychology and like at a workshop about anger or something. Maybe I need to speak to them about like the the mechanics of what had occurred that day yeah i mean it it can never hurt to know more about yourself that's very wise this um, is the wise version of it's almost the weekend yeah. spin-off podcast yeah <laughs> that's the one that happens at episode 100 we just become <laughs> we become monks <laughs> oh dear um yeah how about you though what have you been up to um i've been good I've been um, pretty busy, you know, being back in Melbourne and seeing friends and yeah, like yeah. just being in this real cute apartment in Brunswick. And it's just so surreal still to just be, you know, sitting in bed or whatever. And then someone's like, hey, can I come around for a couple hours? And I'm like, oh, yes. Yay. Yes. Like, it's really nice to have that again. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I haven't. I haven't been playing a huge amount of video games. I've been, I've been trying to latch on to something. Mm. So I've been, I've been playing just a, a couple um, of different ones to see if anything grabs me. I uh, started that Watch Dogs Two, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, video yeah. game by Ubisoft, and I, yeah, not not my thing. I played mm. that for like maybe an hour, gave gave it a chance, ran around in that open world a little bit. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like when I think of someone who doesn't play video games and their perception of mod modern video games, it's kind of like the perfect prototype for what that might look like. Um, you know, it's sorry, just... I'm coughing up a storm over here. One second. <laughs> Discord was cutting that out. I'm just here, like sipping tea in like a warm light, and you're dying over there. <laughs> I just took a sip, and it was all over. I'm back now, though. <laughs> I look um, forward to hearing that in the audio. I do need to take a quick pause, though. I need to help Jamie with one thing, real quick. Uh, all right, fade in the music. While you're away, I was looking at this mouse pad. Oh, yeah? Um, so I'm, you know, staying in a friend of a friend's place. And this mouse pad is fucking wild. 
it was obviously made for the owner of this place and it's got like it's it's kind of like got like the teletubbies but like their image has been pasted over the top it's also got like oh. a picture of them and flylo oh like like a selfie wow it's, it's got uh it's got like a second life version of them you remember second life yeah i remember second life yeah 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 this is a wild mouse pad i never uh i never really looked at this um <laughs> anyway Watch Dogs 2 yes yeah that that shit was average that shit yeah. was hell average um and so I threw that in the bin and I played um oh my god I'm gonna have to look this up Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice yeah 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 that was yeah yeah um real real interesting playing that shit with headphones mm. like yeah that's mm, that's that's some good shit um so yeah i played about an hour of that um and yeah just pretty pretty impressive on an indie scale to see them just i don't know it feels like the graphics are better than they should be i don't know yeah. how how to describe it like i feel with indie games a lot of the time they go in hard on like a, a an art style and it's usually an art style that doesn't like rely on hyper realism yeah and man senua's face and all that shit like it yeah. looks incredible yeah i remember playing it a while ago on like my old gaming laptop and hearing the fans wear up and that was a, a memory yeah. i feel deep in my core um <laughs> yeah that it, it's really cool like that was the the sort of game that coined the term double a Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's where that came from. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, it big time. It feels like it. Indie studio just kind of like hitting above their weight. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Dude, I've, <laughs> I feel the same. I feel like this week I've been like barely playing any games. Nothing has been latching for me, as you yeah. put it. Um, yeah. We need yeah. that baby to latch. No, we're ditching that analogy. Forget it. Play on. <laughs> play on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wanted to play more Zelda, and I've been like feeling ready to play more Zelda. Maybe, I, maybe I burned myself out on Zelda. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was watching mm -hmm. a TikTok before, and it was like basically that exact same sentiment. It was like you've done all the side quests or like whatever. They'd done some. They'd played it a lot, and then they were like, "I don't want to play this anymore." And I, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same." Um, and same with like fear and hunger. Like every time I, I work myself up enough to play that game, I'm like, but do well, I could just watch one piece, you know? <laughs> oh no. The one piece tendrils they've got to you. They're deep. Um, <laughs> yeah. That show is really cool. I, I did a, I did a weird thing the other day though. I was like, I wonder what this show looks like in like season eight or whatever. I just skipped ahead. Oh, uh, and just picked a random episode and just like played 10 seconds of it just to see what the animation looked like and who mm -hmm. was on the screen. Mm -hmm. And that is a weird experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wow. show's been going for like 18 years or something, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's a big show. Yeah. Um, how, how far in the future is that? Is that like 10 years of releasing One Piece into the future or something? I think so. I don't know how far. I didn't like look at the stats. Like I wasn't aware of exactly how many years it was. I didn't look mm -hmm. at like the date on the episode or anything. But um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a long 
It would look so different as well. Right. It's sort of like, you know how um, Pokemon used to look really different? I don't know. Oh, you mean the games? And the TV show. Oh, man, I haven't. I have no idea what the Pokemon TV show looks like now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks real different. That original, even like the, <laughs> the original trading cards, like they had that kind of like washy, watercolory thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I felt a little bit like that. It was like lots of hard outlines suddenly appeared on the characters and it felt like a way more like modern anime, which I guess makes mm. sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, the original One Piece is like, feels a lot like old school Pokemon or old school Dragon Ball. Has that right. 90s anime feeling to it. Yeah, I remember watching the first season with my friend in like year 10 or something. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I remember like thinking it was really great. But even back then, which is, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long ago that was, a long time, 15 years ago. Yeah. It it felt like there was still heaps of One Piece at that stage. So like now it's just, yeah, it's just nigh unapproachable apparently there's like a thing called one pace which is like someone's edit of the whole series that has just like trimmed out all the fat and so <laughs> yeah i don't know how you're supposed to gain access to this but i was hearing about it and i don't think i'll do it i think i'll just google you know if i start if i find myself in some filler i'll be like okay what should i skip right yeah yep 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 that is man it's the fan base is sometimes just the worst thing on planet earth, but sometimes yeah. that is just amazing. Imagine trying to edit all of one piece. That's yeah. just completely fucked. <laughs> That's like an incredible task to take on. I don't, yeah. I don't know whether or not they had like strung it into one long video or if it was more like a document that suggested where to stop and start watching every oh, season. Oh, I know? see. Or I like, see. I see. You know, yeah. Yeah. Some way to, show this episodes without the because every episode has like the intro and then there's like seven minutes of recap <laughs> right and if you're right. watching it episode after episode like a maniac like i am you don't need seven minutes of recap you know what just happened <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm surprised like are you watching it on some kind of service that can just like get rid of that recap for you i'm watching it on the crunchy roll and it, it does like skip intro but it doesn't recap the recap come, is classed as part of the episode come on crunchyroll get your shit together mm. yeah there should be some metadata in there because like you can i don't know whatever this is so boring how <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you you're the most self-aware one piece fan i've ever met <laughs> yeah. uh, um well segue i got yeah. some chicken wings i got yeah, some yeah. news related chicken wings Hit me with um, your chicken delicious wings. Uh, let's see what we got in this box. Is this a bag, a box, a bento? I'm not sure. I'm just going to start feeding you and you can let me know how it tasted. I always imagine Kentucky is always served in a bucket. You know, it's the a main food receptacle mm. that is always in a bucket. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucket, bucket. Hard agree. Okay. So, uh, the era of Blaseball is officially over. Oh, wow. They're done. They're done. Um, Blaseball was this... I mean, it's a phenomenon. I think we can use that word in relation to Blaseball. It was this, like, um, fantasy sports thing um, that happened during the pandemic. And it was, like, this absurdist 
kind of wacky fantasy baseball team thing mm. and um you would f- like pick a team and like follow them and like they'd have a couple of games versus other teams every day and each team would have all these players and all the players would you know have stats and that kind of thing so like you know it had the basic kind of fantasy football vibe going on and the games but, were played like text form right like you would read it on like a ticker right exactly yeah so like you you could you know get your you know kind of like in a newspaper right where you see the results you could see that at the end of the day or if like you logged on while things were happening live it'd be like um kind of like how i described the combat in um rogue the the original roguelike where it's right. like you swing, you miss. You swing, you hit. It's like that's that's what it looked like in text form popping up. Yep. Um, and then shit just started getting absolutely fucking bonkers. So, like, teams would die in, like, I don't know, nuclear explosions or something, and then they'd go to heaven, and mm-hmm. then, like, you, you know... T- players could be brought back from the dead and then they'd have all these undead abilities but it was all like it was all automated right like Mm. the players didn't have any input you just kind of watched what happened but it just got so out of control and it was so interesting um but if y'all are out there and you don't know what baseball is i highly recommend just typing like um baseball summary video into youtube because there's a bunch of videos that will just summon all the seasons of baseball in like five minutes and it's just hilarious like it's just it's so unhinged yeah yeah i remember (coughs) sorry i remember like hearing about it and then checking it out and trying to get into it for a while there but it never really like super grabbed me but you you were into it for a while there right yeah, I was into it, and um, Phoebe Phoebe was into it a lot. I think it had, like, a real big Tumblr presence. Yeah, um, that's right, and all the fan art and stuff was really cool. Yeah, the fan art was sick, and um, we got my buddy Nick into it, who's big into sports, and, oh, yeah. like, he, he got into, like, the actual fantasy management side of things and, like, would track players, and he said he was really impressed with, like how relevant the game was to like how baseball actually operates year to right. year so okay. like that w- that was interesting to hear like you know the sports perspective on baseball yeah yeah that's cool um, um but but yeah they're, sh- they're shutting up shop and they're just like we've got all this talent you know we we you know there's programmers and and what have you but yeah it's it's kind of the end of an era wow was baseball games like semi-randomized? Was there some yeah. some element of like anything can kind of happen within these bounds, and it kind of like dwarf fortressed itself into this crazy noodle? Yeah. So I mean, it feels like the kind of thing because it like really skyrocketed in popularity, right? Like I think it it mainly became insanely popular because everyone was just like in lockdown, mm. um, and like especially sports fans like no sport was being played in 2020 for a while <laughs> so yeah. like you know it, it it was really appealing in in that way um but look i gotta be honest i don't fully grasp the mechanics of baseball right. like it was so weird yeah um yeah i i feel like uh it's it is worth watching a video just because it's so funny and entertaining and fucking bizarre but uh yeah i i'm i'm certainly no expert yeah cool yeah well 
a tip of the cap to Blaze Ball. Mm, yeah, tip of the cap to Blaze Ball. Uh, <laughs> moving on. I mean, I don't know if this is funny. This probably isn't funny. Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> no context. Like, not, not even like a lead in. Like, here's a funny thing. It's just like, this probably isn't funny. No. <laughs> so- Sonic creator y- oh, y- yes. Yuki Aka cops a two-year prison sentence for insider trading. Yes. This was one of my news bites. Right, right. Oh, so... Shit. This and um, when I was reading up on this, I had no idea that we have Yuki Aka to thank for Balan Wonderworld. I believe it was Yuji Naka. Yuji Naka? That's what I've got in this headline here. Oh, okay. Maybe I've copied the name wrong. I've, you've, you've got to remember, people, I'm writing my own articles now. <laughs> like headlines. There's, there's yeah, it's definitely Yuji Naka. Yuji Naka, okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what would have happened? I would have written that shit out and autocorrect would have been like, I uh, got you. Let me just completely change that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they did Balan Wonderland. Oh, God. Is that what that game was called? I don't know, but you just said something completely different to me, but I have... Oh. I, I, <laughs> We're off the rails. <laughs> it's all downhill. Wait, what uh, did you say? Uh, I said Balan Wonder World, maybe? <laughs> who knows? I mean, no, like, we don't know anyone who played this game, right? But it's it's famously got a farmer dance scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just, lo- it just looks terrible. But uh, I had no idea that uh, Yuji Naka was responsible for that dumpster fire. Yeah. So the, it, that was a Square Enix game. Again, an, a feather <laughs> in the nest of the Square Enix is an extremely weird place that I wish to visit one day. Bro, maybe that's like episode 100, just oh. a four hour, like investigative journalism piece. On oh my God. And I travel <laughs> to Japan and I go in the front door and get turned away and then I infiltrate in the night. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the thing was that they had a publicly traded game that was having a new version or something like that, or an update uh, at, mm-hmm. at Square Enix. And he... Mm-hmm bought a bunch of stock with some other person at Square. And uh, uh, that coincided with, you know, the release of this update to this game, apparently, is my understanding. Yuji Naka. What are you doing, bud? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's been convicted yet. It says here has been formally indicted over insider trading offenses. I don't know what that means. I'm not big enough to know that. I think that means that the prison sentence is actually yet to be determined. Right. Um, okay. So I might have got fucking clickbaited. Because, uh, yeah, when when I first saw the news piece, it was like, yeah, two years and six months, gavel smashed. But, uh, yeah. Oh, maybe, you might be right. Not this, this article is from December 2022. So you might, oh, you might have more okay. updated information than I do. Oh. Okay, yeah, no, this this is fresh, baby, even right. though I got the fucking name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what is this episode? <laughs> oh, God, the evening episodes. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a different yeah. breed. They are, they are. I hope, I hope you all have either some, like, warm tea or an alcoholic beverage or some kind of comfort, some kind of vice. <laughs> to help uh, you through this hellish episode. <laughs> uh speaking of hellish Ooh. doug doug cockle 
um, voice actor for Geralt from The Witcher has surprise prostate cancer. Oh, no. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, went and got a checkup and had full-blown prostate cancer. He, um, he took to Twitter and he said, this is what's up, but treatment is going well, but just thought you should know. So, yeah, wishing, wishing Doug Cockle the best. I, um, I feel like I have, uh, I mean, I, we all have a special relationship with Doug Cockle in a way just because of, like, you know, that breed of voice actor like yeah. Doug Cockle and David Hayter like Doug Cockle's a lecturer you know he's a uni lecturer oh, no and way. he's he's not like a voice actor as a as a main gig despite you know voicing one of the most iconic video game characters yeah um but yeah i feel like i love project like i just love project red, red for sticking with him yeah despite all the bullshit project red of blah 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 but like you know, they had The Witcher 3, they had a huge budget. It it was just like this incredibly ambitious project and they stuck with Doug Cockle and it's just, it's better for it. It's totally. like, I think his performance is just timeless in, in that game, especially. Um, but yeah, prostate cancer, get checked, yo. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, that's a that's a real bummer. But hopefully the next time we hear from Doug, it's uh yeah, it's a positive update. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh the final chicken wing I got here is uh Pikmin 4 comes out on July 21st, which is real fucking soon. That's next month. What the heck? Pikmin 4? Uh, yeah. And there's still no gameplay. So they had this like announce trailer and you could see there was a character creator and that was it. And it was like Pikmin 4, July 21st. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did um, they talk? Did they show any gameplay during any of the directs? Because I just saw that trailer just then as the top result on Google. Yeah, no. So at the last direct, it might have even been the direct beforehand, they just showed the logo. They oh. showed the Pikmin 4 logo. So like, yeah, this game comes out in a month and... I don't think we know that much about it. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, you know, I'm I'm fanging for a new Pikmin game in, in oh, yeah. s- some ways. I really loved 3. I've only ever played 3, but, yeah, it um, it gave me the good vibes. Yeah. Um, I never played any Pikmin games, but I'm keen to try one. Um, they look so cool, and they look like mm. the exact sort of weird little strange man game that I would get into. <laughs> Yeah, they they are definitely a strange man game. Um, yeah, really, really cool. It kind of feels like, I mean, Age of Empires had campaigns, but it kind of feels a little bit more bespoke, right? Than that, you know, like it's it's Age of Empires in a way, like you're doing top down real time strategy management. But um, I don't know. It's just a really interesting setting and, like, the world is always cool and it's always pretty. So, yeah. Yeah. Pikmin 4. Kind of keen. Did you see, speaking of games where you control a swarm of little guys, did you see Humanity? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I want to play that game so bad, but yeah. it's only out on PC and oh. PS5. Oh, you got to get a PS5. Yeah, so I'm just hoping there's some kind of Microsoft Xbox sit show, but yeah, real real keen. It um it looks like Lemmings, but 
I mean, it just like looks like modern Lemmings, and I'm about it. I'm I'm looking at this. It says platforms PS5, PS4. PS4, yeah, but it looks like it runs like ass on the oh, PS4. Okay, you know, right. it's got it's got like two billion bodies on the screen at a time or something. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the the PS4 is a is a bit of a chugger at the moment. For real, for real. Um, yeah, that game looks really cool. Give me give me modern day Lemmings where there's like weird little puzzles to solve. I'm all about mm. more about that. But more yeah. Lemmings like games, please. <laughs> Lem- yeah, bring Lemmings like back. Yeah, we've had enough um, strand-type games. <laughs> <laughs> Have we, Joe? We need at least some more Lemmings-type games. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, that's my bucket. We're at the bottom of the bucket. I truly ha- only have one. Actually, uh, one bag chip and one nugget that leads into the actual topic. Do you want to hear these? Ooh, yeah, yeah, Segway nugget. Yeah, Segway nugget. Um, <laughs> it's a new I regretted. <laughs> I regretted saying that as soon as it left my lips. <sighs> um, Knockout City is finally offline. They had their final tournament last week, and uh, uh. they did a tweet yesterday saying that the servers are finally gone. Um, you can still play the game and still download it, but you have to do like um, land style servers. Right. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe one day when we're all in that retirement home, we'll bring yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring it back. I don't know if it's worth doing that <laughs> for the retirement <laughs> home. I mean, it was a great game, but by the time we get there, there might be better game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, time for the Segway Nugget. The Segway Nugget. Apple has announced their newest headset. Oh, fuck. Did you see this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw this. It made me just tell me, tell me what you got. <laughs> uh, I mean, so so the Apple Vision Pro is what it is called, mm-hmm. and um, I watched the like twenty minute presentation with like all of the bells and whistles. I didn't watch like the dude on the stage going through all the specs and shit. Right. Um, so I've seen like what their vision for it is, mm. um, and how they want to portray it in the the best possible light. You know, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like an AR, it's it's like a VR slash AR headset that um, has a lot of um, features, you know, there's like heaps of sensors and cameras and processors and it's supposed to be, um, and it's got like this this thing called um, ray traced audio for the headphones that, that are like, not, not headphones, like little speakers that sit on the side of it that like uh-huh. scan your ear canals, which is horrifying. Um Wait, ray trace audio? Yeah, that's a new phrase that immediately made one of my eyebrows raise in, in <laughs> eyebrow raised in game dev. You know, like I don't understand what a ray trace audio is, but it, that's what they're calling it. All right, and and the uh, the um, I just like read an an article on it because like I saw a picture of like the Apple VR headset, mm. and I saw. The three thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars USD, and I was like, oh, "Jesus yeah. Christ, that that is a bold thing." That really, like, you know, I mean, I'm living in Melbourne, and like, shit is tough out there right now. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, people are cutting back all over the place, and Apple's yeah. like, you could spend six thousand Australian dollars. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. oh my lord, like. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. 
it is insane. The price point, uh, <laughs> do you know that Simpsons meme where it's like the dude like tugging on his collar going, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like one where like a whole room of people do that all at once. <laughs> yeah. um, the When they announced the price, I saw a video of like a crowd reacting to the price and it was basically that exact same noise of a bunch oh. of people in a room going, oh. Right, um, yeah. I think... For for me, the first thing I thought of was like, this is exactly what like a startup Silicon Valley tech company would do. As yeah. soon as they get into like trading, they'd be like, all right, let's buy everyone one of these and then they'll be bankrupt in 18 months. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's kind of going to be the main purpose of these things for a while. Yeah, totally. I, I They're like available to consumers, but I don't think these are designed to be a consumer product. Like these are a developer product. Surely not. Not at that price. I no. feel like, you know... If if you're an average person, you could like buy a brand new Windows laptop for like the next three decades for the next like for the same amount of money. You know, you could just yeah. have the latest and greatest every five years instead of buying this one hyper Dang. kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah hyper specific use. Uh, spatial computer, I believe they were calling it spatial. Yeah, computing. welcome to the age of spatial computing. Like, yeah, what the mm, fuck are you talking about? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Linus from Linus Tech Tips, uh, an incredibly successful YouTube channel that talks about tech, um, mm. mentioned that for this price, you could buy like a fantastic desktop PC and a VR headset, like a, a relatively good one. Right. for that price you know like you mm. are you are you know if you are going to buy this you need to be aware that <laughs> that <laughs> this product is not for you this is for developers <laughs> this is, you know like i'm yeah. sure there'll be like consumer reviews come out about this and they're like wow lots of good stuff here but i can't afford to eat and my, <laughs> my family is on the streets thank you apple um oh dear yeah but apparently, so from um, from early hands-on impressions, the tech is really impressive. The um, hand tracking, so there's no controllers that come with this, unlike a lot of other um, oh. modern, yeah. Modern really? Headsets. Wait, so have they actually pulled off the minority report thing? Well, so the way that you actually do stuff, the eye tracking is apparently the best in class. So you look at stuff to click on things, uh, look at the wow. stuff to target things, and you... Um, Imagine sitting on a on a couch and your hands are sort of by your side. Um, mm -hmm. You pinch your um, finger and thumb together in a sort of relaxed manner, and that's how you click. Mm. Um, and apparently, that functionality or that um, yeah, that that functionality is really good as well. The uh, yeah, hand, early hands-on impressions are saying this is pretty impressive stuff from Apple in that regard, no um, shit. which it would yeah, want to well be. <laughs> yeah, Richard would want to be. I feel like the the kind of most fun you'll have with this is like trying it out for 10 minutes and you'll be yeah. like, man, that was awesome. I have absolutely no use for it, but pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But they're sort of, it's it's strange because I don't know who this is for, you know, like mm. who, who, you know, like, <laughs> like a fucking owl right here. Who is like going out and, and thinking that this is going to like make them more productive or like have a serious use case for this device, you know? Yeah. Like it, th yeah. there's like a few different avenues that I see this thing having is like, 
um, the way that it can change your workspace into like a more, um, uh, like what, if you've only got a laptop, it, it gives you some extra monitors and like it syncs with Bluetooth, um, keyboards and mice and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you got a little app, Apple MacBook pro or whatever you want to like go God mode, you put on this thing and, and now you can have like <laughs> four, four monitors. Right. Yeah. I mean, all right. So like I'm subscribed to the Apple subreddits, right? Oh, Just yeah. because I have a morbid curiosity, like kind of like the waifu subreddits, like <laughs> every now and again, I'll just go and see all these pictures of like people making dinners for pillows. And I'm just like, oh. man, man, humans are wild. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I look at the Apple subreddit for the same deal because like people are like, you know, they just immediately buy the like newest Apple thing just yeah. because, or like they'll post a picture of like the most imperceptible scratch and they'll be like, is this okay? Like, oh. and, and it's like, it's just one of those things where just when, when like money isn't an obstacle, humans are like, they get fucking weird, you know, yeah. they're like, man, I, um, I mainly like, browse the web and send the occasional email is 96 gigs of ram enough and it's just uh, like, yeah. it's like oh man we we are in different worlds yeah yeah um totally and i think there's there's one particular feature from this headset that i think speaks to that crazed apple fan mm -hmm. the most which is there's like okay so it's a it's a little bit of a visual illusion it looks like pass through um, on the front of the goggles to the user's eyeballs, mm -hmm. um, but it's not actually passed through. It's like a f it, it's like a live video feed using the inward-facing cameras on the inside of the headset to the user's eyes. That gives like a display on the front of it. I don't know if you've ever looked at a picture of this thing. I think yeah, you have. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a yeah. blue kind of shimmery display on the front, but that can be swapped out to the user's eyeballs. And so when the user is like, you know, in pass through mode and able to like see you using its front facing cameras, their eyes are displayed on the front of the device. And you get this like ski goggle slash Teletubby slash, I don't know <laughs> what, what it is. Um, it is so strange. And I don't, I don't, yeah. Like I said, I don't know who this is for. Like, one of the clips in the promo had the, they were talking about the fact it's the Apple's first um, 3D camera. So you can use the front facing cameras to take these like, you know, like photos with, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, not rotoscoping. Um, uh, oh, parallax. I think. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. I know yeah. What I mean. Photos kind with of... parallax that you can kind of move around in and videos with parallax too. So it's sort of like, you know, it's like, um, it's like her, you know, like when he relives mm. moments or memories or whatever, he's got like the, the ability to kind of look, look in on them. Yeah. Like, them. um, like if you use Google maps and you look yeah. around. Yeah. Sort of like that, but with photography. And so, yeah, one of the clips is like this dude at his daughter's birthday, like taking a photo of her blow out the candles with his fucking headset on. And I'm like, <laughs> no one's doing this dude. Like, hang on, sweetie. Let me just go put on this metal bucket. And it's made out of metal and glass. This thing is, is heavy. Apparently. Um, let me put this metal bucket on my head. So oh, you can blow out the candles and I'll be able to relive this in the divorce. You know, like I'm not <laughs> sure who wants this. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, see, that's that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the kind of like the mega fan that just decides they're wearing this all the all time. All the time, yeah. You know, like yeah. they're cooking dinner and they're like catching the fucking tube and yeah. <laughs> they've got one of these on. And they're playing it at full volume. You know, they're watching like, yeah, they're watching Minority Report or something. Sure you can hear it through the... Because it's like speakers, if not headphones. It's like little right. speakers propped up on the sides. Oh, and I, I had this thought of like, imagine a small plane filled with people wearing these things and just like watching all watching movies, like the audio nightmare, nightmare hellscape that you'd be living in <laughs> of all of the audio coming out of you. Oh my god! Anyway, um, wild. So this wild. week's topic. <laughs> <laughs> this week's topic is VR and AR. Uh, oh, sick! That was which, that was a tasty segue nugget. Yeah, I might have spun my wheels a bit hard on that one, but. Um, <laughs> and in any case, I've got a little bit of history here on the history yeah, of yeah. virtual reality. So you want to strap strap into the old time machine, and we can go for a little ride. Absolutely, strap me into the uh, VR chamber. Yeah, yeah. Put your put your nearly four thousand dollar headset. And, uh, <laughs> uh, four thousand American dollar. Let yeah, us not forget. Yeah, these are American dollar eaters. And um, put put those eyes poking out the front, so you look like Mister Magoo, and we'll, we'll go back <laughs> into the past. Yeah. Uh, so, the early sixties. This is how far back we're going. Holy to the early shit. 60s. Dude, th- one of my favorite things about doing topics on this pod is like how fucking far back you go sometimes. Yeah. Like talking about VR, all right. In the 19th century. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, no, no we don't quite go that, that far. But uh, an inventor, and sorry, an inventor named Morton Halig uh, came up with some version of what could be interpreted as VR. It was sort of like a um, one-person um, arcade machine-style thing where you'd stick your head in and it was called a sensorama. It would sort of oh. you know, blow air at you and pump smells into the air and you'd watch a short film and that was kind of it. Wow. So, oh, that's kind of like the... Um... I can't remember what they called it. I think like 4D cinema experience at like yes. Warner Brothers Movie World or whatever. Yes. They like vibrate the seats and spray water mm. up at you and who knows where that water has been. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, that, yeah, that water is stale. Like yeah. for sure. That's like a mosquito breeding ground. Yeah. yeah. I would not want the lights on high because you'd be able to determine the color of that disgusting water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the what? Uh, it's always during some horrid scene, you know, like the, the dog sneezes on you and that's when they spray the water, you know, like that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. application. Yeah. No, nah, cooked. That's cooked. I don't want my seat to vibrate. The vibration's always really strong. And- <laughs> <laughs> they, want, they want you to feel it, baby. They do. They're not messing around. Uh, and he, he also invented this thing uh, called the telesphere mask, which was sort of like a smaller version, but without the sniffing. And okay. it had sort of like a 3D movie effect, um, but it was oh. more akin to... You know, like the red and blue glasses that you used to be able to get in the nineties, oh, and you could like draw sure, sure. red and blue. Yeah, I think it was closer to that. It it wasn't yeah, okay. like crazy three D, or it didn't track your head or anything like that. It was just like there's a bit of depth in this video now. Mm, mm, okay. Then, uh, Ivan Sullivan, so sorry Sutherland, created something called the ultimate display. 
he was a mathematician and uh it was like a head mounted display that was a quote unquote looking glass into a mathematical wonderland whoa um, dude i gotta say that's that's a solid sell yeah. like if that's the tagline and it's called the ultimate display i'm intrigued i'm interested right now i'm more intrigued than apple's latest offering <laughs> absolutely i am uh, then in 1986, NASA developed the Virtual Visual Environment Display, wow. which is a word salad. Um, it had two head-mounted displays, one for each eye, and had some sensors as well as gloves. And it was designed to remotely control space hardware, so control gloves, in, uh, control claws in space and stuff like that. Wow. Isn't that fucking wild? Like, if you had that on, like, a trivia night that was, like, true or false... Could NASA control gloves in space using like a 3D virtual environment from Earth in 1986? Yeah. That would be like, no way. No, <laughs> there's no fucking way they could do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Uh, then, uh, still in the 80s, someone named Jaron Lanier developed the data glove. And this Man, was. Th- these, are, these are great names. Jaron mm. Lanier? cracking yeah it. yeah that's what i wrote here who knows if that's actually <laughs> uh, the the data glove which was an ancestor to nintendo's power glove it was sort of that you know oh. it was less of a vr thing and more of like an accessory that allowed you to impact the virtual world by moving around now i'm actually not super across nintendo's power glove so oh. i like i get rob and yeah. I get, I mean, actually, Nintendo had their own, like, VR thing. There was, like, a headset. We're getting you there, could... baby. We're getting okay, there. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't want to jump ahead. But what was the, the glove situation? The power glove was a failed um, controller. So the idea is oh. that you'd be able to move characters around on screen using uh, your fingers and wrist as opposed to a controller. Mm, okay, um, cool. Yeah, it had terrible latency. It didn't work all the time. <laughs> There was oh, a controller no. mounted on the side of it that you usually ended up using most of the time anyway. Um, oh. Yeah, there's videos of like angry video game nerd using the uh, power glove. It's a mm-hmm. cool looking accessory. And there was actually a movie. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie right now, but it fe- it, it, it featured the power glove and the character oh, said, shit. oh, the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm across it. Yeah. Uh, in the mid nineties. Oh, wait, hang on a minute. I'm going back too far. <laughs> um, from here, the public started to gain a little bit of interest in VR and, um, especially with its regards to the, uh, technologies application to the video games industry. Mm, so okay. in the mid nineties, a company called Forte developed a device called the VFX one. Um, wow which that, was actually pretty cool tech sorry go on i was gonna say that sounds like the name of the first vr unit vfx yeah. one that's like man you can't write that shit i went so i saw this a video that mentioned this piece of technology and they didn't even show a picture of it and i was intrigued because this person sort of skimmed over it in this video that i was watching about the history of vr i was like wait right. a minute you talked about this thing and you didn't even mention what it was for or what it did, just that it played video <laughs> games occasionally. So I like went and like looked up a video of it. And this thing is actually really impressive and had a quite a library of video games on the PC on DOS that you could play um, in VR. No shit. It had a controller so you could like shoot and stuff. 
What um, in DOS? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was, yeah, so it, uh, unfortunately, I think because it was more of like a hobbyist thing back then, it never really gained that much traction. And I think it was just like a small company that put it together, you know, obviously not Nintendo or Sega or something like that. So I think it sort of right. flopped because of that. Um, right. I, I mean, this, sorry. sorry, this this is also the time where like home computers were still a hobbyist thing, right? Like MS-DOS, you know, there's, yep. there's no way every house has a computer at it at this stage in time. Forte, the company, were way too early on this one. They really jumped the gun. Um, <laughs> right. The devices discontinued and you can only buy spare parts. So these things are rare, but very mm. cool little devices. Mm, cool. Um, and here's a fun little fact for this particular device. It had a resolution of for each screen per eye was mm-hmm. 263 pixels by 230 pixels. man that's like an out of focus thumbnail (laughs) insanely low resolution per eye Uh, the video Um, i saw it didn't look that bad it didn't like that makes it sound really shit but it didn't look that bad and apparently the head tracking was actually pretty good it wasn't that latent so wow yeah that's wild yeah amazing um then nintendo and sega stepped in sega's vr was Primarily for arcades, they were going to develop a home VR system, but decided against it. Um, so there was like a VR helmet that you could strap on in arcades and it was like mounted to a big machine. Mm-hmm. You could play some Sega games. I didn't look into it. And Nintendo were like, nah, let me hold, hold my drink, Sega. And they <laughs> made the Virtual Boy in 1995. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. I always thought it was called the Virtua Boy, but apparently this is some Bernstein Bears shit. It's called the Virtual Boy with an L. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I would have said Virtua Boy as well. Yeah. Interesting. So we're in a parallel universe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Virtual Boy 905, it, it was pretty rubbish. It it used, used this sort of red shift thing. It wasn't really full color. It just showed red and shades of red. So um, have you used one of these things? No, I haven't. I have used one of these things. Oh, okay. And I can attest to it being super fucking cool. Like... It's exactly like you say. It's like the colors are weird because it's like using some kind of like, it feels like there's red cellophane mm. over everything. Um, but man, I played like Wario. What are those Wario games called? Wario World or some shit? Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I played like a Wario game for a little bit on one and uh, it was like responsive and cool and like, you know. It's not the most high def screen or whatever, but like, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty pretty nice. I probably yeah. would have shied away from the cost of buying one back in the day, but yeah, coming across one now is is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen a couple in the flesh, but I haven't wanted to brave the line to play the thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. So they didn't do too well, and apparently it caused a lot of like motion sickness. Um. Mm. and they were phased out the, the year after. So I think they're pretty rare as a result. They just stopped making them after a year. Wow, that's a that's a quick turnaround. I feel like that's pretty rare. Like, you know, even live service video games, like, you know, I think Babylon lasted a year, and yeah. it's like, whoa, one year. That is not very long at all. <laughs> no, yeah. It's probably the worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much later, Oculus stepped up with the Oculus Rift in 2012. Wow. Um, so that's the jump. That's the jump from like the 90s to 2012, almost 20 years. 
Yeah, let me, so I did, I do have this Wikipedia article that lists all of the VR headsets in order of appearance. Interesting. Um, and, oh, these ones don't actually show, yeah, they don't go back that far. So hang on, the, the earliest one they have here is the Forte VFX1, which is 1995. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, and the Virtual Boy here, 1995 as well. Mm -hmm, the VPL mm -hmm. iPhone at 1989. Oh, that's not right. That's not in the right order. Who did that? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the next one uh, listed under tethered, v uh, tethered VR is actually the Razer OS VR, which um, I looked into a little bit as well. I think it flopped because it was just like not very good and it didn't have many people making games for it at the time. Mm. Um, and it was only a year prior to when the Oculus Rift did their Kickstarter. And for some reason, I think it was like, you know, 2005, sorry, 2015, 16 was around the time that Kickstarter was popping off. And yeah, so yeah. they raised about a million dollars on Kickstarter in a few days for this um, Oculus, Whoa. Oculus Whoa. Rift. And from there, it was kind of off to the races with VR. There was a lot of people doing stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a big gap. That's yeah. a big gap. I guess people, I wonder if there are a bunch of like um, case studies or like risk assessments where businesses were like, hey, is it time for VR? And they'd look in 2005 and be like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like if you're a company like v, uh, Forte and you've made the VFX one, I don't really know. I, I like in another universe, maybe they'd made enough money to make it the next version of PC VR headset, but they, I think mm. they just didn't have the capital churning mm. with that small, you know, hobbyist user base to to really make it happen. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. risky thing, which I, I think we can talk about after I'm done with the history, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And also just like, it's a risky thing. And like, it's, it's funny how much stuff we talk about, especially when we're talking about peripherals where Nintendo have a look in. Yeah. Like, I feel like historically Nintendo take a lot of risks, which is like pretty cool. Hell yeah. Um, so after the Oculus came out, HTC stepped up with their Vive headset. HTC, oh. HTC Vive, Vive. Now, now from memory, you, you were telling me about this back in the day and this is like the premium one, right? This was yeah. like the really schmick one. Dude, I remember playing it. I was like working at Taurus at the time back then. Man, it sounds like so long ago, but yeah, I was working at Taurus <laughs> and they, they had one there or someone bought one and brought it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I played that like, there was like a Valve demo that featured characters from Portal, I think. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really cool. I remember thinking, man, this is sick. This is like some next level shit. Um, mm -hmm. the, even though the head tracking was really good, um, I still felt quite motion sick afterwards. Mm, and so I yeah. think they're still nailing down, you know, like the latency and stuff was good, but the resolution was too small and the refresh rate was too low. Mm, okay. Uh, and so that's one of the things that Apple's latest headset also has in spades is like incredible refresh rate and this stupidly high resolution display on both eyes. Like it's up, it's mm. above 4K. It's like massive. Right. Wow. Okay. So yeah, from there, it's kind of a blur. I've got, like I said, I've got this um, virtual reality headset uh, Wikipedia page open and it just like, you just scroll, you know, like pretty much every right. major um, tech developer jumped in at some point, you know, like HP jumped in there. No um, shit. Samsung have jumped in there. 
Azus have jumped in there. Lenovo, Acer, Dell. You know, like they're all kind of trying their hand at at VR to get something going on. And PlayStation VR was in there too. PlayStation jumped in. Yeah, so. Wow, I haven't heard of any of those companies. Like, (laughs) and I've like not seen a VR product from any of them except, you know, like the the Facebook one and the the Sony one. I I had no idea there were actually that many. They got wild names. We got the HP Reverb. We got the Pimax 8K. We got the Vajo Aero. <laughs> Samsung Odyssey. Yeah, this list is very strange to read. It sort of looks like you're reading another language, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like marketing these days is like a form of new speak, right? Like yeah. it's just <laughs> uh, you you can't beat vfx1 that is I so only good need, i only need to hear that once to remember it i think their website is still up um which is worth <laughs> going going to look at yeah the website where you can what? like buy, buy buy spare parts for your broken down vfx1 headset is still wow up. wow the love of the craft yeah of that company yeah um crazy and so, yeah, the final bit of the history here, as I just mentioned, the most recent thing was the Apple VR, uh, Apple Vision Pro um, coming out at 3,500 USD. Uh. It's got a 3D camera, it's got audio ray tracing, and it's got an outward display, and it's just a, a, a big old leap for, um, for VR. And, and so this all came about because I was talking to Pete, actually, on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Messenger. And um, Pete was like, uh, what did he say? Um, he says Apple's going to uh, surprised that they would start this early VR comp- competitors are st- at a stalemate with each other at the moment and I kind of agree Apple's going to have to do something incredible to get past them so you know like the HTC not the HTC Vive like you know PlayStation VR 2 and yeah mm. sorry HTC Vive and the other one the Facebook offering for VR what's it called the Oculus yeah yeah the yeah. Oculus are kind of you know they're all bumping shoulders and struggling, I guess, in some ways to make really a big dent in the VR market uh, or in the yeah. just consumer market, I guess, in like getting enough numbers to like make these things worthwhile. Right. Um, but th- they're also predominantly advertising their VR sets for video games, right? right. Yeah. Where, and that's kind where of where I was like, yeah, this thing that Apple is doing is not exactly that. Mm, like I haven't seen... I mean, I honestly haven't like read a lot about it, but whenever I see a picture or like I read that article, like video games weren't even mentioned. So like, yeah, yeah I, I think this is for like the super duper rich startup businessman or whatever business person. I think they have it in their sites, in their presentation. Apparently Hideo Kojima jumped on, script on stage and had a little spiel. That's I'm on. sorry, what? <laughs> Hideo <laughs> Kojima jumped on. Hold on, let me just double check <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that is that uh, is a surprise yeah Kojima spotted, spotted at Apple HQ um, maybe he didn't jump on stage maybe I just mis- misread that <laughs> that'd be so funny because you know like the the Apple conference is like a, a classic thing right I don't know if you read that Steve Jobs autobiography that was popular maybe like 10 years ago or whatever but like it, it was really well written, but like those, those conferences where they would announce the iPhone or announce yeah. like a partnership with someone, they were always like climactic. 
and uh, I just love the idea of Kojima fucking crashing in Apple Conference <laughs> <laughs> and being like, Death Stranding is playable on iPhone now. <laughs> oh, I, I see what, what happened. So uh, he was in a presentation, but it wasn't directly for the headset. He mentioned that Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming to Mac later this year. Um, he also has been quoted as saying Apple is entering a new era of gaming end quote um, so I mean yeah. that that you know I, I feel like you could change that quote to be Apple is entering an era of gaming yeah <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they've not really had their finger on the pulse ever no I know yeah so I don't really know if that's like some spin you know he's been he's like thank you for the cash after saying this you know like <laughs> Thank you for the cash. That money for new Death Stranding two stuff. Who knows? Um, yeah. Get your is money, that, Kojima. Is that game coming out this year? By the way, is Death Stranding two twenty twenty three? If you don't, <laughs> it's okay. If you don't. Twenty twenty four is apparently the release date. Twenty twenty four. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to get delayed, but don't know. Um, that's just, I don't know where I, why I said that, but it seems too soon. It seems mm. too soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things come out so fast these days. I, I'm starting to get that like old man thing of like, I don't, I can't keep up anymore. Like there's too many things. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of the history of, of VR. Um, and you've had a, a little brush with VR, but you haven't really done too much. What's, what's your sort of opinions on gaming and VR? Um. I, yeah, I've had a a little brush, but I think VR for me is like kind of that perfect gimmicky thing that really in my eyes shouldn't be too expensive. Like Mm. I know, you know, they cost a lot to manufacture, but I think like the ideal version of VR is going to be something that a lot of people can afford and... Yeah, like, I can't say whenever I see a VR game, I'm like, oh, whoa, I really want to play that. Yeah. For for me, it's more of a just, um, like, I saw the original Resident Evil got a VR port. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that could be interesting. You know, like a new way to play something that is already good and accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of like when you look at console generations, right? Like you go from like PS1 or PS2 and you're like, holy shit, these graphics are insane. <laughs> and then you go from PS2 to PS3 and you're like, oh man, that's a really big jump. That's so impressive. Like look how many particles they can load at once. Yeah. And then like three to four, it's like, man, Resogun, like that shit is crisp. There's no denying it. And then like four to five, it's like, man this console turns on really quickly, but like, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not like as big a difference from yeah. like the video games that yeah. like perspective or whatever. And I, I just feel like VR, I've never seen a video game in VR where I'm like, Oh man, that's like, that's using all of like VR's faculties to the max. Like, you know, it's, it's not trying to be like hyper-realistic, but it's all about the, like, I don't know, being in the world and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, I think like Resident Evil 4 looked really interesting to me. And, um, I will say 
Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, there was a VR oh, yeah. release for that, and that looks scary as fuck, yeah. I reckon. I reckon if you played that in VR, it'd be really fucked up. So that's like, yeah, may- maybe for me, it's a it's like a horror thing, right? Like if they can just get like a couple of really slick horror experiences on there, then, you know, that that would attract me for sure. Yeah, I don't know, like... The other thing as well that I find with um, enjoying video games is being able to sort of, this isn't with every video game, um, Mm. but to share the experience with people, you know, like put a stream Mm. on and play it in the Discord call or like have someone watch me play on the couch or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's that aspect to it where in VR that seems like so impossible. Mm. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I have seen people... do like Markiplier did the video series of Half-Life Alex. Um, right. And that's, that was watchable, but it was still like, man, some of these bits are like pretty hard to watch because of how much the head is moving around and mm. yeah, all that stuff. So it kind of has that not going for it, you know, has that as a mark against it with, with mm. you know, and then there's the whole social side, which I, I don't really know if it applies to gaming that, that much. Um, you know, like being able to sit in a theater and watch a movie with your friends also in VR. The other thing with the v- the Apple one is it's like the battery life is like two hours and it's like you're going to watch a movie with what? a two-hour battery life. Two uh, hours? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. With the battery pack like in your back pocket, you know, like it has a battery pack that's sort of cord. That's the only cable on it. Bro, two yeah. hours. That's a that's a deal breaker. I'm yeah. not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was never yeah. paying for that in the first place. But the, yeah, you can plug it into the wall apparently and get the you know the infinite battery life. But right, I guess yeah, that's okay. what you would do if you were watching. But like on a plane or traveling or whatever, you know, like I'd want to be able to go on a long haul flight and put a movie on. And I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Man, that's wild. Yeah, like I say, I can't wait until all these rich motherfuckers are out here just wearing this shit in public that's, <laughs> yeah that's just they got their little eyeballs poking through the front of it <laughs> man wild yeah some yeah. wild shit yeah um but but what about you like what's your take on vr have you like enjoyed what you've played with so far or like are you thinking that it's just kind of not the best that it can be just yet yeah, to me, it's a little bit tricky. Like, my experience was apparently not the best experience when it comes to, like, the setup. Like, I plugged the Oculus into my PC and had to download stuff. And, and then there was, like, oh, drivers right. and updates. And it just took, like, a whole afternoon to just get it working. And then, like, mm. it kept failing while mm. I was trying to play Half-Life Alex, And I was just like, man, this is not how it should be like right if this game was just like turn it on and start playing then that'd be fine but it's Mm. not like that and apparently it's like that for other people but i just i get to see it to believe it and so right i think until you can even do that it's such like a no no go for me Um, yeah yeah you have to just be able to turn it on and have everything work for you straight away which is a shame you know like I i feel like there's like super high standards around these things that just like come out of nowhere. We're so entitled these days, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's like the alternative is so appealing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like in order to beat the alternative, you have to be better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't, I can't help but feel like, yeah, that the standards are just 
are, are too high for the tech at any point you know like mm. what's that law it's like is it moore's law or something it's like the technology gets better and better twice fold every x amount of years or something oh yeah yeah and that that i can't remember what that law is called but apparently the theory is like by the end of the 2020s you know that that is happening on like I don't know, some fucked up time scale, like on a, you know, three daily basis or right. some shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it was, you know, it, it dates back to like the 1800s or something and it's it's exponential. And right. so, yeah, by, by the late 2020s, it's going to be getting extreme. But, you know, there's, it's just a theory and like obviously yeah. man, manufacturing and all that shit can't keep up with like new processes every three days yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, there is that. And like, I've heard as well that it's apparently a bit of a bunk theory because like there is a limit to how small silicon, you know, transistors can be. Right. Know, we're like right. approaching that limit. And it's like, well, if we're approaching that limit and this is how bulky headsets have to be, mm-hmm. then, you know, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, mm. what are we doing here? Yeah. There needs to be, like, some breakthrough in material science or, like, quantum computing to be able to make this something for consumers. And until that happens, it's kind of like, well, all this stuff is just, like, and it's good research, you know? It's it's good research. It's good that, like, they're, they're figuring out what not to do over mm. and over again because it's, like, mm-hmm. it's good. It's a, yeah, like, good failure, but still. Um, I don't know. I, don't, it's, it's, I think it's too far away. Mm, yep yep hard agree so so yeah that's that's kind of all i got for uh the uh the uh video game stuff we didn't even really talk about ar (laughs) maybe i'll I'll scrub that from the record and it's just going to be vr yeah sweet yeah um yeah i i remember like ar being a a real cute gimmick with like the original iphone you know, there was like an AR app and it would use the camera and it would like make a sprite appear on a tabletop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, whoa, the future is here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have, I, yeah, I don't know a lot about AR. I feel like I haven't really seen that go anywhere. Yeah, I, I, my history with AR is like, I would always try to be the contrarian and, and the, at the dinner conversation, people talking about VR being the future. And I'd be like, I actually think AR will be the future. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Previous self. I don't really think either of them are any good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like heads up displays in cars and stuff. And that's, that's technically AR and right. Right. Yeah. Like Pokemon snap, oh, not snap Pokemon. What was it? Go was technically, technically an AR game though. Most people didn't use the AR. Oh um, yeah. 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 So, and the Google, not the Google, Glass? The, 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 the Google Apple. Glass? Oh yeah, the Google Glass. Yeah, that that was still too bulky for people to wear. You know, like people, I don't know. Until it's like contact lenses and stuff. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, the the AR seems like it is more useful to me, just because there's like it's less of a gaming thing and more of just like a everyday use thing. Right. Um, but at a certain point, I'm like. You know, like that's what having a smartwatch is for, or like just being able to look at your phone. Like I don't need to have stuff in my vision. Like it actually mm. takes away from my quality of life. <laughs> yeah. No? Look, and I th- I think that's like the perfect kind of liner note to VR is like a lot of the time it it feels like it's taking away things that I enjoy about sitting on a couch and yeah. like playing a console or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like in, in the search for something more immersive, we actually just like went the other way. Totally. Yeah. Um, totally. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's it. That's all Hell I got. Yeah. That's us. If you, uh, if you got a VR experience you want to write in about, you can shoot us a line at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Um, you know, whenever I like do the self promote mm. and I talk about the email address, which is pretty rare these days, I do all these wacky gesticulations, oh, you really? know, kind of like a really nervy salesman. That's like, you can buy it if you want, but like no pressure. You know, <laughs> I, I sit perfectly still when I do the podcast. I'm like a stone <laughs> statue. No, it's not true. I'm fiddling with my lie. hands. I've got I like can... a sketch pad that scribbles in. It's just <laughs> There's a chance where uh, we're recording the next pod in person, so I'll be able yes. to report on all of Joe's podcast habits. The ongoings. Yeah, who knows what I'll be like in person. Well, actually, no, we have done one in person, so. We, yeah. anyway. That's true. That's anyway, all, that's, that's all it. she wrote, fam. That's us. Have a good week. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye. <Yeah. laughs>